just want to pray for Lee before he preaches. So Lord Jesus, I want to ask that you would infiltrate Lee's mind, let his words be your words. Would you build your church through him? Would you bring conviction? Would you bring joy where there's despair? Would you bring freedom where there's bondage? Would you bring revelation where there's darkness? So would you speak your word, Holy Spirit? Thank you that you're building your church and we can just come and say, here we are. So we say, here we are, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I recall somebody making a statement many years ago, and he said that we are living in heady and intoxicating times. And when we look around us, and we were just sharing a little earlier about what's happening around the world, there is no doubt that we are living in heady and intoxicating times. We know that Jesus is eminent, that he is coming back. And we know that he's coming back soon. And he's coming back for a pure, not only a pure and spotless bride, I feel, but he's coming back for a bride that is mature and will stand against the wiles of the enemy and the onslaught of the enemy, wave upon wave upon wave. It's going to require maturity in the body of Christ to stand strong in these times that we're living in. And just as we consider this subject tonight, we're going to be talking about maturity. Maturity in the Lord, Christian maturity, believer maturity. And uh, as I was reflecting on this, I just thought that this Jeremiah, and I haven't given it to people up there, but it's um, just a fitting scripture, Jeremiah 12, 5. It says, if you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble in the safe country, how will you manage in the thickets of the Jordan? So tonight, as we consider the subject of maturity, I want to be starting with a key text in Ephesians. And uh, as you know, and maybe for some of the visitors who don't know, um, Josh Jen has 45-odd congregations. We have this apostolic linkage through 412. And um, I'm going to be reading from Ephesians 4, but from 11, starting off from 11 to 13. And it said, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Until we have a knowledge of the Son of God, we will not be mature. We will not be mature. And so somebody would want to say, well, what does it mean to know God? Well, in essence, it's to be intimate with Him and allow Him to be intimate with us. You see, when we approach the subject of maturity, there can be quite a bit of contentious stuff because sometimes people might uh, denote age with maturity 
Or some might think, oh, well, you know, I've had lots of worldly experience. I've, had lots of, I've done lots of uh, work in the workplace and, in the, and I've studied many things. But that does, doesn't automatically mean that we are mature. But we see that in this passage above that we've read, it's, in essence, it's the knowing of God that we become mature. It's the knowing of Him. And we see through the knowledge of God and just our intimacy, intimacy with, with Him, we will move from a position of envy, strife, hopelessness, stubbornness, unkindness, foolishness, anger, into a place of love and joy and peace and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control, which we know as Galatians 5.22. And um, in considering this uh, scripture, I've been, and maybe you've thought about this as well before, but if you haven't, maybe talk about it on your way home tonight. That when we look at Galatians 5.22, I found myself asking the question, Lee, do you really love, do you really love as the Lord loves? Do you really have joy as we should have? And peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And I find myself considering that this scripture, this Galatians 5.22, when we read through it and we pray over it and we measure up ourselves, if we are lacking in any of those areas, not having love or joy or peace or kindness, might I say that we are immature. We see that this process of maturity doesn't come about by striving. It is a fruit that needs to grow. Uh, it is pruned and it is nurtured in the knowledge, in the knowledge, epignosis, in the knowledge of the Son of God. We see that the soil in which the fruit tree is planted is in essence abiding in Christ, abiding in Christ. And we see in our lives circumstances come about and how we respond to these circumstances. We would either build towards the fruit of the Spirit or we could build towards the fruit of a carnal nature, the worldly nature. And tonight we want to just focus on God and about attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure. Maturity by definition being fully developed and fully grown and allowing the growth process to take its course. And we know that it is a growth process. It doesn't happen overnight. We see that when the seed of God gets planted into a man's heart, he is born again. And in the context of this scripture that we read in Ephesians 4, 13, it says, until we all reach unity in the faith, and say this after me, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature. Tonight I want to ask us a question, and uh, we're going to allow the, the Scriptures to answer the question, and the question that I do have for, for me and for you is, why do we need 
to come into a whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And again, I just remember Jesus when he walked this earth and when he was tempted and when the enemy came against him, he would just say, it is written. And I think we need to enter a season going ahead and this, as we talk about these heady and intoxicating times that we're going to face, that we don't come with our own ideas and our own clever answers to things, but we just quote, quote scripture. That when the enemy comes against us, that we just quote scripture, feed on the word, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so Ephesians 4, 14 to 16 beautifully answers this question why we need to come into the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I just don't see a better image in the, in the Bible on maturity than then this scripture shows that in the Bible, just as in physical growth, and as we grow in physical, so there's a need that we should grow uh, in our maturity with the Lord. We see that a baby doesn't become more of a human being when it is born. Obviously, it's got to be nurtured, and uh, it's got to be fed, and, and it's got to grow. And so a mom would take an infant to the clinic, and they'll have them weighed, and they'll have them measured, it's when the process of growth stops that there should be alarm bells going off. Be scoping that when a child's not growing and scoping that, it could lead to death. And so I wonder if we have the same approach to maturity as we have in physical growth. Are we the same today that we were 20 years ago? Are we not growing spiritually? One thing that we can't be is be deceived by the number of years that we've been saved. So some people might say, well, I've been saved for many, many years. Uh, I've known the Lord for 20, 30 years. Or some people might say, well, you know, I've had lots of life experiences. I've got lots of degrees on my wall and I've had a lot of, a lot of experience. Does that automatically mean that we are mature? We see that Paul in Ephesians tells us that not only must we be born again, not only must we come into a walking with the Lord, but we need to grow in maturity. A number of years ago we were in Glenridge Church in Durban and there was a young guy there, uh, Terry Kruger. He was on uh, eldership for some 19 days before he planted a church, 19 days before he planted a church. It just breaks the mold of maturity, doesn't it? And uh, TK went on just, yeah, was he qualified? Did he have all the answers? Did he have all the scriptures? Some of those, uh, I remember some of those um, preachers that he did were quite interesting. But he was available and he stepped out and God used him. Amazing, amazing guy. The other day we were watching 
just a little clip, and I was just thinking of this a little video clip of an eagle, some eaglets in a nest. And what amazed me that from the time that these eaglets hatched out of the net to the time they flew away was only 12 weeks. And you see these little eaglets come out and they've got their mouths open and the, and the mother feeds them and they feed, get fed and they get fed and they get fed and they get fed. And then they watch the mother too in terms of the mother flapping its wings and they, they mimic the mother and they learn to fly. And then just in 12 weeks... They fly out of the nest, amazing thing to see. And so when I thought of this analogy, I'm thinking maybe it's time that we start flapping our wings and stop leaving and, and leave the nest of immaturity and that we fly and, and, and go to greater things, mature to greater things than the, what the Lord has for us and not to stay comfortable in the nest, not to stay parking or feed me, feed me, feed me. But there's a season and you see, there's a, the other side to that coin as well. There's a season too that if that eagle falls out of the net prematurely or tries to fly prematurely before the 12 weeks, it will plummet and it will fall to the ground. So there's a timing. There's a timing in the Lord. In uh, Matthew 28, Jesus says this, Instruct people to believe everything that I've taught you. I want to take a look what, at what produces fruit in our lives. What allows and cultivates us in this process of, of maturity. You see, sometimes our mindset of producing fruit can be so skewed, can be so wrong. And Romans 5, you can put Romans 5 up for us. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, we want to produce the fruit like we've read in verses 3 to 4, 3 to 5, but we forget the previous two chapters. Unless we accept that we are justified, say justified. It's a beautiful word if you think about it. It's justified, just if I had not sinned. Just as, as if I had not sinned. You see that maturing cannot be forced or made to happen. A person can only sustain false behavior so long and then they, the testing will come to reveal the foundation of the process. We see that fruit cannot be rushed. Every season, a tree will produce the fruit in the season required. And at the moment, in this winter, a cold one as it is, we have citrus fruit, abundance of oranges and grapefruit and lemons and easy peelers, clementines and the like. And there's a season that that has grown. No man can manipulate that or no man can change that. Um, Jan, whose dad was an, was an apple farmer uh, in Elgin, he grew, he grew these wonderful apples. And so people have this perception, oh, well, I can go into a supermarket 12 months of the year and there's always apples. So surely they're getting picked off the tree all the time. No, it's really a three-month thing and then 
We have apples for 12 months after they're put into cold storage. There's a season for everything, and it's ordained by the Lord, not by man. So John 15, I always love the scripture, and sometimes you hear me praying it. If you don't know what to pray, pray the scriptures. Pray the scriptures. And John 15 reminds us, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will even bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Then verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. And then importantly, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Obviously, if we ask according to God's will. So if I ask for an Aston Martin and a Tagia watch, it might not be, might not be the, the Lord's will that I get that. Verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You see, this thing of bearing fruit, without him, we can do nothing. No thing. The Lord says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you remain in me, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. I think the one thing that we've established in this above scripture is that the soil of our maturing is the knowledge of the Son of God and abiding in Him, staying in Him. As we go through life's experiences, both positive and negative, the choices we make will determine our future in the Lord and our maturing in the Lord and our intimacy with Him. Rather than gravitating to a, a worthless world that is full of empty promises and, and, uh, and just philosophies that mean nothing. The following I want to just quickly look at is just uh, not a list of things to become more mature. Not a checklist of, of uh, do this and then this and then this. But it's, the first thing is to pray the will of the Father. That's the first thing I want to just say. Praying the will of the Father. We see that maturity is having seen a revelation of the Father. And we know better than just wanting our own way. Now, I know we quip about this, and we, I know just recently we've had uh, orientation. And in orientation, Andrew uh, covers just one leaf, the fivefold ministry. What the fivefold ministry is not, it's not about what's in it for me, which we often gravitate toward. We see that in Paul's life, he was beaten. But he had an understanding that just being in the presence of the Lord was enough. That was enough. 
We see in Peter's life, he's sleeping between two soldiers, just, just what peace he had. You see, we need, we need to put off the old mindset that is based on worldly logic and putting on the mind of God and trusting that he knows best. The second point that we need to consider is to seek God without prompting. We see that prayer is not about coming to the Lord with our wish list and Lord help us with this and provide for us and heal us and although those things are, are relevant, it's really about being intimacy, intimate with him and just coming into a fullness of him and trusting in him, not coming with our checks list and, and just being in his presence daily that we would just see him bring us into more of a maturity in him, not just asking our oh Lord help us with this and help us with that. And it's all about just getting to know him more and more and more and more. John Piper has this wonderful um, saying in, in most of his devotionals and, and his books that he's written. He's most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Irrespective of our situation, whether we have a, situ a bad situation of our finances or maybe we have a challenge with our health. Maybe our marriage is not in a good place. Maybe... Somebody's offended you and you've, you've gone up the myth tree. Somebody once said, you can go up there, but just don't build a tree house. You've got to come down. I just uh, think of Andrew's example. And I know that he won't be happy me saying this. But I, it's just something that he's, that he's captured and something that he's modeled over years and years and years of leading Josh Jen. Is that uh, he has just, yeah, he has been most satisfied in Jesus. And with that, God has been glorified most in him because he's modeled this thing. I think Ems, virtually every year for more than 20 years, could have lost a life. But he's never wavered off this call of God. He's most glorified in me when I'm most satisfied in him. Yeah. The third thing we, we need to recognize, right from wrong, and do what is right. In uh, Hebrews 5.14, it is difficult to lay down sin in our own lives unless we have a true vision and revelation of our God. It really is about abiding in God and what he sees and trusting in him and desire truth. Not our truth, but the truth of the Lord. That's the essence of our walk with him. The fourth thing is we need to seek God without being prompted to do so and to do that quickly, to respond quickly. The fifth point is do not be swayed by false teaching. There's much misinformation and false doctrine that's going down. You go into bookstores and you see some interesting titles in the top ten list that could possibly, some of them could be quite unhelpful to read. But we really need to be, be linked into the Lord. We need to trans be, be transformed by the renewing of our minds, is what the word reminds us to do. You see, it is very difficult to process things when we are sitting on the throne of our hearts. You see, we live in a world that man wants to be king. I'm the king of the castle. And uh, as kids, I remember us playing this game. There was this mound, little hill and little sand. And the idea of the game was to own the top of the hill. 
and then you get on top of the hill and say, I'm the king of the castle, you know, and then somebody would pull you down or push you off. Intrinsically, man wants to be king. He wants to be king of the castle. And we see it's just so different to the Lord. And he came as a servant king. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. He came humbly. I really feel that in the season that lies ahead, as we consider these days, um, these heady and intoxicating days that lie ahead, that there's going to be a season for us to be humble. God says, I will resist the proud, and I will give grace to the humble. Maturity, as we see in Philippians 2, but Christ took upon himself a position of a servant. He came to serve. He didn't come as this autocratic, wielding king. He came humbly. And then finally, the sixth point, as we consider the subject of maturity, is that everything needs to be rooted in love, as we've seen in Ephesians 4, 13 to 16. Our words and our actions flow from love for our fellow believers. God wants us to grow in spiritual maturity daily so that we can reflect the character of God to this dying world. I have a bit of an embarrassing story that I must tell you. Many years ago, I was involved in the scouting movement. I was a, I was a scout. I think Miles, Miles can relate. Miles was a Springbok scout. He can relate to the scouting thing. And so what we did is we raised money for charity and we organized this dinner and um, we made this big meal. There's about 300 people and we sold tickets to raise funds for charity. And I remember us before the, before the meet, before this wonderful meal that we're going to have, they said, well, somebody's got to say grace. And so I was about 16. I wasn't a believer then. Might I say I was a bit economical on good behavior at 16. So they said, it's you. You pull the, you pull the short straw. You're going to say grace. And I, re- I remember looking back, and I still remember exactly what I prayed. My wife always laughs that I remember these odd things. But I prayed this prayer, and I know it's a bit of a blush, but I prayed this. He sends the rain <laughs> to swell the grain, to make the bread for which we are fed. We thank you, O Lord. And yes, it was a blood, a blush. He sends the rain to swell the grain, to make the bread through which we are fed. We thank you, Lord. The bigger blush would be that if 50 years later, you're still having this little rhetoric conversation with God, sends the rain, and maybe you're in a place that you haven't moved on to things that happened 20 years ago. You're still marking time on the things that happened way back. And it's now time, as we spoke about that nest, it's time to fly, it's time to leave. Because 1 Corinthians 13, 11, 1 Corinthians 13, 11 reminds us, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish things and childish ways behind me. And I remember we, there was a headmaster at our school in Pretoria, Mr. Anderson, that often used to read in the assemblies, used to read the scripture. And we just think to ourselves, why is it we reading this? We were doff, you know. We were, we, were, we, were, we were kids and we were unruly. Only looking back to this now, to the scripture now. When I became a man, 
I put childish things behind me. And there is a call for us to mature into the greater things of the Lord. Let us get out of the going around the same mountain and let us honor our Lord as we get into more mature things in his kingdom. And then the final scripture, 1 Corinthians 3, the end of verse 1, it says, Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready, still not ready. And so tonight, I want to, as we draw to a close, I want to consider the opening scripture that we read earlier, the key text that we read, and part of that was Ephesians 4.13, that says, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature. And so tonight, I want to create a space in this house, that for some in the house, you might know about God, you might know about him, but you don't have that intimate relationship with him. You haven't allowed him to be in with you, nor for him to be into, you to be intimate with him. You might never have made a commitment to the Lord. You've heard people, you've heard the gospels, you've heard um, scriptures quoted tonight, and so we want to make it a, a, a time tonight to. For people to respond in a while will do that. The second would be for all of us in the house tonight. And we spoke about Galatians 5.22. We spoke about love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And that we create space tonight for God to work in our lives. If we were lacking in any of those things. You know, the Word of God tells us we move from one degree of glory to the next, and there are going to be times that we have to move, move into the next realm of what God for us, wants for us and to mature in Him. So I do want to start tonight and make an opportunity for, I know we do have some visitors here tonight, but I, whenever we get together and whenever we preach the Word, that we always create a moment to throw the net and to ask the Lord to touch hearts and for people to come into, into a fellowship and a relationship with our King. So I want us just to close our eyes now. And while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, I want to ask the question, if you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, that you raise your hand tonight. We know that the Father reminds us that if you acknowledge me before man, I will acknowledge you before my Father one day in heaven. You see, it's the love of God that brings us to repentance. And it's a very simple process. All that you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and tonight you will be saved. So we do want to create this opportunity now. So if there is somebody in the house, you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, you've never made a commitment, would you put up your hand now? And we can pray for you. You've never made a first-time commitment. You've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. 
And then for all of us, as we looked at that scripture, the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, become mature. I want to create a moment for all of us tonight. And they say that be careful what you prepare to preach because you'll be tested. And so in a short while, I'm going to pass this mic over to Nikki and then I'm going to buy a kneel up front here. And for anybody else that wants to allow the Lord to do business with them tonight, that there are elements of your walk with Him. There's an element of not being mature in some of the things that we've mentioned here. That tonight will be a, a time that we can come up front and bow the knee to the King and allow Him to do something in our lives. Allow Him to take us from a position of immaturity to a position of maturity in Him. Some might be awkward in coming up front and kneeling, but just do something different tonight. Even if you sit in your chair, just say, God, would you minister to me? Would you highlight the things in my life where I need to move on? Whether I don't have love or joy or peace or kindness or goodness or faithfulness or, or gentleness or self-control or any of the above because as I was preparing this message God pressed things in my own heart regarding these issues the fruit of the spirit and there are times that we will miss it and there are times that we need to allow the Lord to move us on and to restore us so tonight as the worship guys the worship guys could come up I'm going to pass this microphone on to Nikki. And then I'm going to ask for, for just a response tonight for us to say, God, we want to do business with you. We want to ask that you would assist us in this process of maturing in you, walking into maturity. Because the days that lie ahead are going to be challenging, no doubt. They are heady and intoxicating times. And as we said just now, the Lord is coming back for a pure and a spotless bride and one that is mature to stand against the arrows of the enemy. So even if you want to stay in your seats, but just posture yourself tonight to say, Father, do a work in me. The things that I've gone round and round the mountain on, take them away from me. Take them away. Let me walk in wholeness. Let me walk in maturity. In the mighty name of Jesus. Sure, that is such a sober call. I listen to Lee speak and it's authority, but it's the words of the King. And I feel he's calling all of us tonight to say to come under him, submit ourselves under him and um, say, Lord, here I am. And I'm sure for many of us, we're sitting there with a specific call in our hearts of this thing is out of place in my life or that thing or this fruit is missing. So I don't think we need to speak about it or around it. We're just going to make space in the front. And if you need to bring a part of your life underneath him, come and kneel, come and sit. 
find a place at the back, whatever you, you need to do. But don't miss an opportunity where God speaks clearly with conviction.